Hi everyone and welcome to our brand new podcast, Geeks, We Are Your Fathers. We're three very proud geek dads and we're here to talk technology, science fiction, gaming and all sorts of other geeky nonsense. In this episode we'll be discussing the nation's new working from home reality, interviewing YouTuber Ruth Amos and debating which of our former hobbies we should be taking up again during self-isolation. Hi, I'm Robbie and I'm here with Pete. Hi everyone. Hey guys. You're not saying it, yeah? <laughs> Just say I'm with Pete. And You're not Dave. Pete, Dave. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I thought you said Dave and Pete. Is it three highly qualified, highly intelligent, technical people and we can't make a bloody conversation work? <laughs> How do we right. talk? So here we go again. As you probably guessed from that first introduction, this is episode one of Geeks, We Are Your Fathers. My name's Robbie and I'm here with Dave and Pete. Hi guys. Hey guys, how you doing? Good to hear from you. Hey guys, good to see you, or hear you even. <laughs> <laughs> Especially yeah. we can't see each other anymore. It's uh, you know that's government know. forbidden. So we've got to talk now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As long as we can't catch things over the airways and no one's. Uh, yeah, you know. But we'll be good. So how is life of lockdown for you guys? Ah, we seem to have uh, adjusted to isolation fairly well. The, the kids seem happy enough. We've got stuff for them to do. Um, I work from home anyway, so. It, it's kind of familiar territory for me in a way just to be here because um, I work for myself I don't go into an office so it's actually from that point of view it's not that big of an adjustment the fact that the kids are home all the time we've had to make the odd allowance for that I must say but there's plenty of stuff for them to do so far so good right though we're only one week into this lockdown <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. it does you feel know, like I, much longer oh man you know I, I'm kind of the same right I'm locked in my man cave here and um you know, I work from home quite a lot as well, so I'm, I'm actually used to it. But so I think it's quite weird having the family around as well and the kids. And it's like, you're on a call and they're like, you can hear all the noise in the background, you're muting desperately. And so, but, you know, it's it, it's not bad. You know, um, I've got a window here that looks out onto a lane and you see various people like delivery drivers go by and dog walkers. And, uh, you know, I think I've actually used video calling more than I ever have before, you know. So oh, yeah. it's kind of a... You know, and that technology, you know, is is obviously you know going to bring us all closer together. Hopefully, you know, it's better than just hearing somebody's voice. But uh, yeah, yeah, so far, so far, so good, Robbie. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. It's a strange one for me because I live just around the corner from the office, so I can usually walk into work. Whereas at the moment, on my my one designated exercise walk a day, I have to walk straight past it instead. But um, yeah, it's all good. It's it's a bit like being a, a teenager again, spending all my time upstairs in my room on my computer. So you know, it's, uh, it's second nature, really. Do you know what I was thinking the other day, Robbie? Remember when we had that telepresence robot that we were roving around the office? Yeah, there's a video somewhere of Dave. Yeah, there is. Yes, in the Oxford office. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I found that. I found that the other day, and it was literally yeah. Dave was roving around the office. He was at home controlling it, bumping into stuff, (laughs) and uh, we were getting very strange looks, weren't we, from across the office? Well, yeah, what are you guys doing, Gunny? But uh, yeah, I mean that would be brilliant right now. I would love, you know, if we had that. I don't even know where it is. It's in the office somewhere in a cupboard, isn't it? We should get that out and pimp it up a bit and. uh, See whether we can, uh, yeah, do a virtual ship to the office and, and get on a bus, and that would be so funny. Uh, like that episode of the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, well, my wife always wanted to see us do a video where we sent the the telepresence robot into the sandwich shop to go get sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can still do that. Total social distancing. 
I've got a Mechamon robot. I could just stick an iPad to the top of it and use it in a similar way. <laughs> but when it starts walking in looking a bit like a crazy crab, then, you know, people might start to give it even weirder looks than you got with the telepresence robot before. Yeah, I think, we, I think the closest we've got is one of those robo-sapien robots that uh, does incredibly annoying noises and dancing. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that robots are, uh, right now would be amazing. Say, if you just need to nip down the shops and get some stuff and not touch anybody or breathe anybody's other area, you could, you, know, you could literally do that remotely from your own best, couldn't you? That would be amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so um, I think we're going a bit crazy in the lockdown here, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're pretty much there already. As you said, it's only been a week. But, you know, there's, there's tons of stuff to do. I mean, it's, we're, finding, we're finding stuff to do. I don't know about you guys, but um, I've started to, to go back to some of the stuff that I haven't done for ages. I've got a pile of guitars here. I'm, I'm a bass guitar player, and, uh, and I don't touch them as much as I should. I, I love the things themselves. But you never get a chance to get them out and actually sit and play, uh, or I don't anyway. Not with with kids and you know family life. So I've I've started playing with that already, and and I found a way of connecting my bass in through my computer, so that I don't have to have an amp, which means I don't have to make any noise, which means I don't annoy the neighbours or my family. Um, and uh, that's half the fun of fact, playing musical instruments, though, right? Well, yeah, I suppose <laughs> making uh, a racket. The whole, the whole if it's too loud, too too old type thing, but. But it's um, it, it's given me an opportunity because one of the things that I've always found musical instruments that they're great, but playing on your own is all very well. But you just you automatically get better when you play with other people. Uh, and in fact, I've got a friend from an old company who's a singer, and she's doing the same thing. She's recording stuff online, and we've now got a system whereby we can share musical files. We can share an MP3 with each other. So she might record a song and a vocal, and I might go, oh, I can come up with a baseline for that. She can send me the MP3 and I can sit there. I can try it as many times as I want. Um, and when I'm happy, I can re-record it, send it back to her. So it, it's, it's a really collaborative process yeah. that doesn't involve me leaving the house. Did you see the video that's come out this week from um, Andrew Lloyd Webber where they've, they've been doing that with an entire orchestra? No, I've not seen that. So they've all been recording their own parts of the song. And then they've been pulling it all together onto one video, so that actually it brings the whole thing together from the from their own houses and their own living rooms. I think for me that's what's been great about this. I mean, as much as this is a terrible situation, some of the the innovation that's come out of it and the way that people are dealing with it has been yeah. absolutely unbelievable. And it, you know, been everybody's brilliant. been been video calling as as Pete mentioned already, and been trying to find different ways i mean i've been attending pub quizzes online not so oh, pub yeah. quizzes and um you know using all sorts of different apps that nobody even knew existed and suddenly now they must be paying for 10 times the amount of server space than they had before because yeah, everybody's yeah. downloading the likes of house party and zoom and things like that so yeah yeah it's uh it's definitely got people thinking in a different way um yeah. which you, i just hope it lasts imagine? after it well, that's, I mean, can you imagine what would happen if this was 10 years ago, right? Or mate, what, 10 years ago, I suppose it was there? T 10 Skype years would be a reasonable book. number, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there was no video call in then. I mean, what, what would you do? I mean, yeah, you could get on the phone, you could talk to people, but there was no Facebook. I think Facebook's, well, was it Facebook just 10 years old recently, wasn't it? Yeah. The time goes so fast, doesn't it? But there wasn't that kind of social media and there wasn't that kind of, you know, um, you could probably just about do 3G video calling, it cost you a fortune probably. And listen right? to music on, on MySpace. <laughs> you know, I mean, can you imagine if you were in that lockdown situation like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we would be bored 
incredible. <laughs> Completely. Board. I mean, there's yeah. there's no Netflix, right? You, you had to, you know, you had, DVD yeah. player, like you probably had a dozen DVDs, or whatever, and you couldn't go down to Blockbuster because obviously that would be shut, right? So you'd be playing board games, basically, wouldn't you? Or um, I don't know. Hey, don't knock it. Board I play board games. I play board yeah. games. Don't knock it. We were playing board games last night. Actually, we were trying to get a bit of uh, screen time, you know, away from the screen, and yeah. and uh, it, it, we've got like a cupboard full of them. But you know, Trivial Pursuits, we must have about seven or eight sets of that with different things. But yeah. you know, it's doing stuff for the kids, isn't it? I mean, they yeah. uh, they're not into Trivial Pursuits, obviously. Yeah. We were playing. Um, <laughs> we we were playing Barbie Uno because that's the Uno pack. That was your choice, Pete. That wasn't. There. Yeah. <laughs> California Barbie Uno was basically the entertainment our house the other night. So, uh, but yeah, I, I just you know I'm just thinking you know in a way having it you know now in 2020, um, we are much better cut out from a technology perspective oh, to yes. manage this. I mean, we would have been the com- the country you know you couldn't work from home like you did. Um, like you can today. I mean, the internet work, wouldn't have allowed yeah. it as much no, as anything else. I mean, even the rest yeah. of the systems. I mean, I, I know in in our houses we've all got more than one person trying to work from home as well and yeah. even probably five years ago the bandwidth wouldn't have held up to allow yeah. you all to do that and, and get on with things normally it wasn't long before that where you actually had to plug into your internet and dial up so it would be yeah yeah well then you couldn't use the phone <laughs> yes. well you know what we we actually had to have when my wife and i both worked from home probably probably 15 16 years ago uh, and I was a sales guy on the road and she worked from home a lot. We had to get two phone lines into the house yep. so we could both yep. use dial-up, right? That was the that. extent that we had to do. You couldn't, you know, literally just log on uh, to a, you know, to your broadband router and, and, and have many Wi-Fi connections. I mean, I remember getting my first Wi-Fi router and you needed a, a degree in rocket science to <laughs> get that bloody thing to connect, right? You had to flip in, mess about with all kinds of settings and now it's all plug and play, right? We live in this plug and play world, which oh, yes. is sad in some ways, right? Because there's less tinkering involved, but... I still have to help my dad learn. with his every time though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no such thing as plug and play in his house. Yeah, I know. In fact, yeah. my dad moved house three days ago um, during the whole lockdown. His was the last day where he could move house. After that, they cancelled them all. Um, and I obviously couldn't go and help him because we were in self-isolation. So he had to, to get everything into the house himself. My brother did help him. But he, he was like, oh, what about my tech support? I said, I'm just going to have to do it all through video chat. So I've been, <laughs> I've been on FaceTime to him trying to say, plug that in there. Yep, your Chromecast, this is how you get that to work. <laughs> so right. he's got there in the end, but it's been quite entertaining over FaceTime trying to provide him with that, that level of support. Yeah, you know, it, it is amazing how actually difficult it is trying to do that, even on a video link, right? It, it's just, you know, I try to do it with my mum as well, and, you know, trying to hold the phone in the right place so you can see what exactly. she's doing, and it's yeah. like, oh, you know, this is just really challenging, you know, so I'd almost be better off getting in a hazmat suit, going down there and, <laughs> yeah. and trying to do it with, like, big pairs of gloves on and trying to connect tiny little connectors into things, but... Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, technology is great, but you're right. I think, you know, guys, we're probably going to be in the same situation in 40 years' time, right? We won't understand how this stuff works. I feel like that already. I've recently, (laughs) this whole lockdown has introduced me to TikTok, and my God, I, I didn't have a clue. Now we're out dancing in the garden. That's our daily activity. Yeah, the world's gone mad. Who knew? But then then here's here's the interesting thing is, is, you know, I'm 48. Pete, you're a little bit behind me. Robbie, you're quite a little bit behind me. We aren't, well, certainly Pete and I, we're not digitally native. We we grew up with computers when we got to secondary school. Um, Robbie, you might have seen a little bit earlier. Yeah, Yeah, I remember having one specific computer suite at school that you could go into and you could have one that was connected to the internet. 
exactly. But now all of our kids, between the three of us, six kids, they are digitally native. They they don't remember a time where this wasn't just like turning on a tap and running water. It's a basic utility to them. Yeah, completely. Yeah, uh, you know, and we're still being the three of us being geeks. We we still appreciate the fact that that this kind of technology is cool and yeah. you know, some of it's easier than it was but it's still it's still cool and funky <laughs> but the kids they, they don't even it's weird they, they take it they for don't granted necessarily yeah exactly they yeah. don't yeah, realize that's sad, the technology is there it yeah. is sad because they, they won't go through the pain we went through of like learning yeah. all this stuff but also like you know think about music and video and stuff right we've gone through all these formats right all they know is netflix streaming maybe right they haven't had to go out and buy seven inch singles and 12 inch singles and cassettes and then cds and you know that they they skipped all of that literally you know they'll probably never own a physical piece of media my kids don't no, no definitely not know, they literally will stream you know everything is on netflix you know you don't get down you don't have to rush down to a blockbuster video at, you know really early so you can get there and make sure you get one you know one of the three copies that they've got of the latest movie and you know that that was kind of fun in a way right and you sometimes come away with a movie that you didn't really you know, even having the intention of, of watching, you never knew, and then you watch it, you think, wow, that was amazing, I would never have chosen that if I hadn't, you know, so it's it's just, it is sad, you know, that, that they haven't gone through that, I do, I, I am very grateful, I think, of, of the fact that we've yeah. lived in this generation where we've had technology sort of in its very infancy, we've grown up and it's evolved to what it is today, it's been amazing. How it's gone from Ask Jeeves to Ask Alexa in that space of time is, it blows my mind. <laughs> ask Jeeves, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember That's thinking how good that was. You could ask Jesus a real question and he'd provide an answer. <laughs> Whereas now, yeah. Alexa is is crazy. I mean, again, as you say, it's just taken for granted. My, my kids go to bed at night and set their alarms on their Alexa for the next morning. Mm. They don't even look at their, their clocks. They just say, Alexa, what's the time? And you think it, it, sometimes <laughs> it does, it just breeds a bit of, of laziness at times. And it also... Yeah. Um, just, yeah, they're, they're just used to be able to do it. And it, it creates that bit of a throwaway culture. I think again as you said Pete before you would you'd go and get a video and you would bring it home and if it wasn't very good you'd start to persevere and watch it now they'll watch the first three minutes on something yeah. on Netflix and say no I don't really like this I'll watch something else so yeah, yeah it's, right. it's completely different it is you know you talk about Alexa we, we have you know first world problems coming here right we've got I've got an Alexa my kids have both got one it's in their name and I only have to like talk to mine in, in our bedroom upstairs and it seems to set off everybody else's as well right <laughs> so I don't know it's bouncing around now, if you've got if you've got an Alexa and you own three and it's in your account I think it's smart enough I think it, it listens to the closest call but when you've got like you know three different accounts you know I mean you know, we live in a regular sort of size semi-detached right so yeah, yeah, for some reason they keep going into whisper mode, right? So you can, I can whisper in our heart, you know, in our bedroom on the half floors, obviously bounce it, and it sets off the kids, you know. So it's <laughs> it's mad, you know. That anyway, first world problems, right? You talk about so, first world, pro- world problems before before the pandemic broke out. My biggest problem was trying to work out how I could get a separate Spotify account on each of the Alexas in the house. Because I would be downstairs listening to something that I'd like to listen to, maybe have the Beatles on in the kitchen. The next thing, I've suddenly got Cardi B or... I get the same thing driving the car. I'm driving somewhere in the car and you stop and you connect your phone to the the Bluetooth in the car. Another first world problem. And... um, (laughs) And then you try and put on Spotify, like you say, listen to your own music. And the next thing you know, I'm listening to the, the soundtrack of Frozen. And not, <laughs> that was not your choice. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with not that. that. There's anything Just wrong let with it Frozen. go, Dave. Let it go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
maybe it was a poor example. But you see my point. There, there's me expecting to hear some old school Rush or Metallica, and the next thing I know, um, I've got, I've got, let it go. <laughs> That's mad. I mean, you, you're talking about your hobbies, Dave. Obviously, rediscovering again. You were saying you, you picked up your guitars and stuff. I mean, I've, um, I got my ham radio license about eighteen months ago, and. Uh, I did it, I passed it, the foundation license that is, uh, which means I can transmit um, up to 10 watts and I've got a couple of radios and I just got busy and I put them away. But recently, you know, I've been stuck at home a bit more, especially at the weekends, I picked them up again and I've got a little bit of a setup on my desk and they're just handhelds, right? So I'm only broadcasting, um, I think they're about seven watts, one of these, and you're on the two metre and 70 centimetre band. So they're kind of local UHF, VHF. So you don't go particularly far and I've got a little lash up of an aerial put on the roof, but. I just went out for a walk with a dog, took one of my handhelds, started just uh, calling out on the calling channels. And yeah, I started chatting with people. One, I got a guy all the way over in Bracknell. I've got about 12 miles on my little <laughs> handheld. It was like, I'm like, I was completely stunned, you know? And uh, there's this etiquette as well on on um, ham radio. So you have to follow certain rules and use your call sign and all that. And yeah, it, it's, um, I'm getting back into it. I'm going to join the local radio club and stuff. But uh, a mate of mine who lives over the back of us in the, in the house in the village here, He's just passed his license, so uh, yeah, we've been tinkering and, uh, and and experimenting with different antennas and stuff. So that's all been quite good fun, uh, and that's all analog, right? You know, but like you said, it's, this is old oh, yeah. school, right? This is not digital. It's analog, and um, actually, you know, if the if the world goes to complete pot and all the communication systems go down, you know, analog radio will still work. Yeah, right? that's, so, uh, that is yeah. an absolute foreign language to me because that's where yeah. we do talk about the, the the sort of age gap. In I mean, I'm. 32 and for me I, I didn't know anything about ham radio I'd never even heard about it until I started to work with you Pete and yeah. obviously now aware of certain things through the likes of SDR play and you know how they're trying to modernize it but it does seem to be a dying art form and uh, well, it is uh, it's a lot of older uh, the older generation tend to be is quite popular so most of the guys you speak to on the radio and there is some ladies but it's mostly guys who are retired you know the, the actual radio hobby is they're struggling to get younger members you know and i think i think of myself as young sometimes but yeah i'm pushing 50 right so i'm pretty much of an old part as well but you know on the course that i did there were some kids you know they do teach this at air cadets i think they you in the air cadets right you in the air cadets i was when i was back at school in, yeah I was in yeah cadets. back in the day so they do radios oh, yeah. with air cadets and stuff and they teach them um um you know probably because they have to use am radios when they're up flying around and stuff but yeah it is a dying hobby it's a real shame but uh, it's fun it's a bit, a bit like cbing was and again robbie you're too young for this but <laughs> back in the 80s right there was this big fad for cb radios dave you probably remember this right and i, do. Uh, I remember my brother driving around in an old second hand granada <laughs> with a cb kit there there you go you know you can still buy cb radio state and actually you can buy for 50 quid right plus an antenna it's probably about 20 you can buy uh, a cb radio that goes in your car pick a mass put the antenna on top it, there's no license required you just basically there's like 16 calling channels i think um and you and there's certain ones reserved for certain things but ultimately you can just pick it up and talk you know you live in an area where there's other cbs london's a good place actually uh out of london but uh, yeah, the, the radio waves, you know, they're all free and it's like the old school internet, right? You're connecting with people. Oh, yeah. I've um, just got visions know. of you going around out of London <laughs> listening to pirate radio stations that are <laughs> operating on the airwaves. Oh, that's, that's FM. I mean, that's different. That's that. So yeah, so, but yeah, there are, I mean, that's the other thing. I bought myself a scanner, right? So it's like a radio scanner and I get, I live out in the middle of nowhere, so you don't get a lot apart from airplanes. 
So I do listen to a lot of aircraft going by, but when I go anywhere, I usually take my scanner with me. And I've been up on the roof actually, where we are, um, our office in King's Cross, and there's a quite a tall building where we are. There's about 10 floors. So I'm up on the top. And actually you can pick up all kinds of stuff around London. You know, you get everything from business uh, analog radio, so PMR radio, so you can hear security guards and building site managers and all that kind of stuff, right through to airplanes and uh, you know aircraft and all that kind of stuff. There's so much stuff you can sort of just you know, drop in and listen on to. It's, it's quite funny. And of course you get all the ham bands as well. And if you're lucky enough, you might get some um, HF traffic and you might pick up somebody from Europe or, you know, if you've got a good enough antenna. But uh, yeah, you know, it's it's just a fun tinkering, you know, little hobby really um i was gonna say those 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 ham radio guys some of the the hardcore guys they could get ridiculous ranges out of those sets can't they if you if you've got a a proper base station you're running you know 50 100 watts um yes when the atmospheric conditions are correct and they're not great at the moment but you can actually get almost around the world right because what it does is it bounces off the ionosphere right so the radio signal goes up bounces off the ionosphere and comes down, right? So you can, and they make competitions of this, right? You know, they are CQ, you know, what they call CQ call. So your CQ, CQ, this is like you're calling out on a channel and then you're listening for a response. And yeah, some of the HF stuff that they do, they are getting, uh, in very good conditions, you can go thousands of miles, right? Literally with the right kit. What I've got here with... Yeah. Well, I've got a 10 watt. powerful. They're not. I mean, my seven watt radio. So we, um, the other thing I've been trying to do, which I've, um, there's some frequencies on the International Space Station. So there's a ham radio base station on the in the ISS, right? And I've got an ISS tracker on my phone that it lets you know when it's right over your house, and it's that's a oh, yeah, few times yeah. a year. Yeah. And basically, what you can do, you can call the International Space Station on your ham radio, right? So even a handheld, you can do it. You probably could do with a Yagi aerial, so you can point it up where it is, but. It was so clear the other night, I could see the ISS coming over me and I was following it on my app. And I had my radio out and I was I was calling uh, to see whether I could get a response. And, you know, they do have a ham radio up there, you know, depends on whether they're at the right time. When, um, what's his name? Who was the British astronaut whose name escapes me? Tim Peake. Yeah, when Tim Peake was up there, apparently he was talking to quite a few people on the radio. But it, you've got like a two minute window, right? If it's right over your head, because it goes so fast. It goes right? so fast, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you've got a time it just right. But that is my that is my ultimate goal. I would love to be able to just even make one, you know, contact with the International Space Station. Let's just hope they speak English when you get that yeah, particular day. Yeah, a, a Russian guy come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, that, that would be really cool. But you know, these radios, again, my radio that I've got, I've got quite a few of them now, but $50, 50 you know, so about, about uh, no, not $50, even that, 20, 20 pounds, about $30, so 20 UK pounds, you can buy a ham radio, um, it's so cheap, right, you know, but you have to have a license, obviously, to operate and transmit, but uh, the hobby is so accessible, and it's really easy to pass your exam, anybody who is, you know, fairly interested in this stuff can, you know, you just have to read a book, take an exam, uh, it's simple to pass, it's multiple choice, and then you can start broadcasting. So can you not do so, anything before you do the exam? You can listen, but you're you not can't broadcast. to transmit. Okay. You can't broadcast on those stations. What you can obviously get a CB radio, you can use PMR radio. So PMR is like the little walkie-talkies you get yeah. that you can buy, but they are restricted to half a watt. So they're half a watt, they've got a fixed antenna, and you know they will only transmit you're lucky you might get a mile out of one line of sight but they're really meant for kind of you know short short range um but uh yeah you know so 
It's a good. It's a good hobby to get into if you're interested in that kind of stuff. You know, it's uh, it's quite fun. I guess you get to talk to a lot of people on the airwaves. And just to prove how geeky we are, the immediacy of being geeks, the immediacy of the internet, I've just downloaded the ISS tracker on my phone just while you <laughs> were talking, mate. thinking, that's cool. I'm not a ham radio geek. I'm not I'm not going to be talking to them directly. But not yet. Not yet. No, but I do like space flight. I do like aerospace. So the kids will be interested in that. Yeah. You know what? One year, I think it was about four or five years ago, uh, it came over at our house on Christmas Eve. So basically, they were saying you must tell the kids that the Father Christmas is flying over, right? So we literally went And I think, Pete, actually, you let me know. I think you, know, I? you told me that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so my kids were out on the front lawn. By that point, though, you know, four or five years ago, they were like four and three each, or five yeah. and four or something. Um, and there we were in the front garden, and they were screaming at the top of their voice, <laughs> Hello, Santa, and waving. <laughs> Um, thankfully it was Christmas Eve and people didn't think we were nuts but but they were absolutely screaming the, the neighbourhood down letting Santa yeah. know they were there they loved it absolutely yeah. loved it well you know and that's the thing it's so easy when you know where it is it's obvious it's a satellite right but you actually that app you probably just downloaded as well you can actually see other satellites as well so the ISS I've got mine triggered to alert me when it comes over um, but you can actually see loads of other satellites because there are hundreds up there, right? And oh, yeah. quite often you, there are ones that you can see. So, yeah, no, it's great fun. You know, it's uh, it's a great little hobby. And, you know, wherever you are in the world, you've got the app with you. You can, you know, turn it on and, and you can see all kinds of stuff. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's our means it's time for this week's special guest interview. And Pete's been to speak to YouTuber Ruth Amos. And I'm here with Ruth Amos, uh, engineer and maker. So Ruth, tell us about some of the things you're involved with. Hi, so I run something called Kids Invent Stuff with my friend Sean, where we make, build kids invention ideas. And I also run a campaign called Hashtag Girls With Drills with my friend Kisha. So lots of different things about encouraging young people into making and getting access to maker spaces. Okay, that's cool. So what inspired you to get into making? I think I kind of started to get into engineering and kind of designing. I won an engineering award and I'd never really thought about making anything and seeing my own kind of drawing and design come to life, I was like, wow, you can actually, you can think of something and draw it and then it gets made and that's really cool uh, and so I kind of started to look more into that and I realized that actually as inspired as I was by that so were children and I was like right we need to do more of that we need to be showing them that their inventions and their ideas can be made so Pete you were speaking there with Ruth um, how do you guys know each other so I met Ruth a few years ago actually through the Fab Lab in London so uh, the Fab Lab if you're wondering what that is it's uh, it's basically a makerspace uh, and it has kind of some commercial application if you like so Makerspaces all around the country, they tend to be for hobbyists and enthusiasts to go and just tinker and build things and use the tools in the workshop there. So FabLab is kind of a similar idea, but it has kind of some commercial application behind it. So if you're a maker with an idea that you want to take to, to the market, you know, and make into a business, they can help you develop your idea. They can use their 3D printers and their tools and their laser cutters and, and advice some sort of seasoned pros there to help you sort of get that off the ground. So Ruth was um, connected to the Fab Lab somehow through a guy called Tony Fish, who I've known again for a few years. And she was looking for some help really to get her channel going and looking for products and, and tools and things so they could actually create some of these things that the kids are writing in about. So. This is an amazing channel. If you've not seen their channel, Kids Invent Stuff, it is brilliant. And the kids basically write in every week 
and they say, I've got this idea, can you make this? And then they'll go and create these crazy contraptions. There's, there's a really great one there, one of my favourites is where they basically hacked a car, took the roof of it and put like a scissor lift with a pair of stairs. Yeah, pair, you know, I remember that one. That, oh man, that was so good. So there, there, there's some amazing, there's a bit of robot that went around Asda, I think, to you know get shopping, and which you could do with right now, right? With this Completely. situation that we're in. But so, so Ruth is, is an engineer and um, she's very, very keen to help you know, try and get kids into into engineering and interest in this sort of area. Uh, you know, she's a, a female engineer herself, um, so she's she's got her own business. She's got this channel, and she's really keen uh, not just to get young ladies, you know, into into engineering, but any any work, any kids really who you know try and get away from their screens and start building things. Right? I think so really as well. Around. I mean, now's a really good time for people who maybe aren't aware of the channel to to have a look. So I definitely would say to anyone who's listening who has children, especially at the moment, while while we're all teachers in our own right, while we're homeschooling, um, you know, take a look at the channel because it's it's very, very clever in the way that they approach it. They they, they ask people to send in the their designs, so children, um, and then what they do is it doesn't matter how obscure the drawing is, you know what childhood drawings are like at times, from especially from <laughs> some of the younger ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a terrible artist, but yeah, about as good as my drawings, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, especially the ones that are in sort of four or five years old, and they still send their designs in and they make them into a, a, a real product. And yeah. the one that you mentioned there, Pete, about the, the scissor lift um, in the car, I mean, it's not just the case of they do weird and wacky things. The way that they try and get children to think about it is they set them a challenge. So in that specific instance, it was a case of, um, try and come up with a, an invention that would help a long car journey to be less boring. And That's one it. of the, the kids said, actually, I would love to be able to be above the car as if I was flying. So my seat was outside of the sunroof. And that's exactly what they made happen. So it's, it's really clever to see. And they break it down into a full build video, which is great for the parents like us that really like to see how things work. Um, but then they also show the fun stuff. I mean, I, I actually sat with the, my kids on Monday and, and we watched a couple of the videos and we're, we're looking at how things worked. And, you know, the, there's some really fun stuff in there. There was a, a doorbell that, that spat out popcorn at the postman, for example. So yeah. there's, there's all sorts of really weird and wacky things. And, you know, we, we've worked with them through... Um, like myself and Pete work for Design Spark, and we've we've worked with them in the past on on different projects. Um, you know, they've done a really big Rube Goldberg machine, which oh yeah, that was an amazing. Know, they yeah. they actually took sixty different children's inventions and they put them all together into one really amazing video. Which again, I would I'd definitely say go and have a watch of that if you haven't already. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's a bit like Colin Furs for kids, isn't it? So you've got Colin Furs's channel, which is completely wacky and crazy, probably for older kids and adults but this is kind of you know, the, the next step down isn't it so it's kids again they're they're seeing these things get created and built and then they're seeing the fun bit afterwards so it is an amazing inspirational channel so yeah anyone who hasn't seen it go and check out kidsinventstuff.com or kidsinventstuff on the youtube did you see they did a, a video together pete the colin and ruth with um, uh, I, at christmas yes. for the secret santa youtube secret yes santa. And a unicorn. Was there a unicorn? Yeah, unicorn, I think. yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, everyone loves a unicorn. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no. I, I mean, again, it's just fantastic content. You know, that, that it's just fun and entertaining. I mean, there is so much content, as we all know, on the internet, right? But they are very, very well produced and and very interesting and fun things to watch. You know, so uh, yeah. So if you haven't already, then head to YouTube and search for Kids Invent Stuff and you'll find all of the information there. And, and really, there is a lot of videos to watch, um, but definitely worthwhile and, and better than the kids sitting in front of Netflix for hours, for sure. Um, so 
that takes us on to our next section. So it's called In Pursuit of Dispute. Um, this is our debate section where we all agree to disagree. Um, so today's topic is what hobby should our listeners take up during the current lockdown? We've already had um, a very detailed rundown of ham radio from Pete. Um, but Dave, you, you did mention as well about music. Is there any other hobbies that you've kind of rediscovered during the, the lockdown? Yeah, well, I've, um, I, I do describe myself as an analog geek. I'm, I'm old enough that uh, when I was growing up, the things that I used to play with were Lego, which, let's face it, has never gone out of style. And, um, and FX kits, I used, to, I used to do lots of scale modelling. And then from there, I actually got into wargaming, which is, for people who aren't familiar with it, if you go down a high street and you see a games workshop store, or a, I think it's called Warhammer now, uh, where you can buy these little plastic figures and you paint them. That's that's kind of the most visible uh, example of wargaming, but it's been going for well, it's been going about 150 years, and and wargaming is its own little niche. Now I'm confined to the house. I've got models coming out my ears that I haven't <laughs> made, and I've got paints. I've I've got a real problem. I've got I know four, three, four hundred pots of different paint. My wife laughs at me because I've got a be- at least 12 different green colours all marginally different she laughs her head off at me <laughs> they're all but very specific though they are very specific yes because I, I won't go into it they'll, they'll bore everybody so the funny but, thing is it's actually quite similar to something that i've started to do as well because i when i was younger i used to collect the there used to be small football figures that had really big heads uh, oh yes, um, yeah but after a while they they become a bit misshapen or they the bits of paint start to chip off and um i started following somebody on instagram who was restoring them using model paints exactly that and uh, yeah, I, I stupidly then decided I could do that. So it, it's got me into a, a whole rabbit hole of which paint should I get for this? Which one's best for, for this kit or for this person's skin tone? So, I mean, In my defence, it's a fairly cheap hobby. I mean, the pot of paint is two quid. It's not, it's not exactly a fortune and you could get away with half a dozen paints. But I've got uh, loads and loads of models that are either unmade or part made and unpainted. Uh, my little boy, who's now nine, he started to get interested in these these geeky things that Dad's been playing with since he remembers. You know, I've always painted a little bit, but now we've got more time on our hands. I've started painting up stuff for him so he can play games. I've got uh, a box of of ships that I can unpaint at the moment. I've got figures of different kinds. I've got tanks, and it's the other nice thing about this kind of hobby, especially things that that you do with your hands. If the current world is a bit stressful for you, and let's face it, it's not exactly the easiest place to live at the moment, there's something very calming about doing something with your hands, especially if it's a little bit repetitive. So yeah. whether it's building something or painting something, it could be sewing. My wife is, is using her sewing machine. Um, there's something very calming about it. Basically, it slows your brain down and makes you concentrate on what you're doing. So not only is it giving me an opportunity to go back and do stuff that I used to enjoy and I've discovered that I still love. It's actually really good for your mental well-being because it's it's it takes you out of yourself. It means you can stop thinking about the news and all the bad stuff and just concentrate on on a relatively simple thing. It just slows your heart rate down. It slows your brain down. It's it's a it's a brilliant thing. Mm, I think for me, I probably haven't got enough patience for that. I think I tried to paint. Uh, we tried to build a um, airfix model with my daughter for her school project. They were doing well too. And, oh, it's just too fiddly for me. I just gave up. It's just. I think you got to have one of those. You got to be patient. You've got to be a calm character. And for me, it's just. It's just too much. 
too calm. I'd um, never have the patience to do it with yeah. my children either because I think no. although I, I find it I find it quite calm in myself if I'm doing something like that. As soon as the kids get involved and then I'm sitting twitching <laughs> thinking they're gonna paint in yeah. the wrong place, they're gonna use the wrong colour. Yeah, it's, it's, that's not good for my O C D. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I can understand I, I, yeah. that. It's yeah. I'm 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 trying to introduce my kids to it sort of gradually and gently. Um my little boy is keen to to get involved and i'm and i'm kind of a little bit like you with that robbie it's 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 uh all of a sudden there's me and I've, I've i've done this for some time and i'm not bad and you just think you're going to get a big thick brush and you're going to slap that paint on <laughs> and you just think no so it's uh, there is an element of ocd but it's i mean it, even as grown-ups we've got to do something once the kid once the kids have gone to bed it, the, you know we need as grown-ups, as adults, I think we all need to remember that we need to take just a teeny bit of time for ourselves, and, and now more than ever. Um, and it's it's just something that, that that gives me a bit of joy. And it's and compared to digital games, and bear in mind I I play computer games like anybody else. I'm I'm big into No Man's Sky. I'm big into Fallout Four. Um, loads and loads of different stuff. But painting something physically means that you've got something at the end of it there's, there's an achievement there's something you can look at and go even if you never use it in a game you just look at it and go i made that yeah um, so there's a sense of achievement to it see i think a couple of weeks ago i might have argued with you saying no computer games is definitely the better way forward but i think i feel like that that was my hobby that i've rediscovered was playing much more computer games and i've actually think i've nearly reached the point of saturation where no. i can't play just with really? certain games <laughs> and I've, i mean i'll never reach the point where i can't play it's just a case of move on to another game what? but it, i mean i've i've got to the point where i was playing so much on the ps4 that i'm going do you know what i'm just i need something a bit different so then i, I set up the the retro pie and i was playing a lot of games that i'd never played before because there's about three and a half thousand games on there that i'm thinking right which <laughs> one should i play that i've never heard of um, and again, looking back at, at consoles that I played when I was younger and sort of I've spent hours playing Sonic the Hedgehog on a Mega Drive. So it's it's been really good. But actually, from what you're saying there, Dave, I, I actually think my advice to myself would be much more take yourself away from that because it yeah. definitely does. Doing something different calms you down a lot yeah, and, and just takes you out of that. And again, the reason most of us like games is because it takes you out of reality for a little while. Yeah. And right. yeah, if you can find other activities that can do the same thing, but but in a different way without always feeling like you're, you're under pressure to make sure you get to that next level or you, oh, yeah. you, you kill yeah. the next boss. But yeah, it's... I mean, it helps that I'm a bit of a history geek as well. So, so I, I've always read a lot of history and there's... Uh, history is just this, this incredible buffet of things that you can get involved in. Uh, and you, you can pick one little bit you can pick as many bits as you want it's it, like you say it's that escapism it's that taking yourself out of, of your current situation a little bit uh, and thinking of something else Do you know I, I think it's like as you as you get older and uh, I used to hate history I'll, I'll be honest I used to, but as I've got older you know I've joined the National Trust you go around the houses it's fascinating you know and it's oh, like yeah. there's a switch in your head right i don't know what it is but you get to a certain point you're like robbie you might not be quite there yet right but you will right i will when this <laughs> is all over <laughs> well that you know the national trust is just an amazing place you know not only do you you know it's like for a family it's like 80 pounds a year or something crazy it's so cheap and if you were to go there 
individually, you know, it could cost you like 40 or 50 quid just to oh, go yeah. in for, for one thing. But, you know, you go there, you buy cake and tea and all that as well. And But you go around these places and some of them are absolutely amazing. And there's a couple near us and we actually go to them quite a lot because they're, not at the moment obviously, because everything's shut, but we do go there quite a lot just to wander around the grounds and have a cup of tea in the shop and go around the house. And they always do these amazing little treasure hunts and stuff. But oh, they, they do, are very good at that, yeah. They are, and they're wonderful things. And they do get you away um from you know sitting in front of the telly and stuff and you can actually learn stuff you know so i think it's one of those things i think as you mature you know you kind of your view on the world and and how you use your leisure time is certainly very different you know i mean i'm like you guys i play games as well right i'm on call of duty modern warfare at the minute right like probably most of the world and they've got now the uh the, the free version they've launched obviously which is a bit like the old Fortnite so it's the you know battle royale style and I'm loving that still but I am at the point now where my reactions aren't as quick as they used to be so you know I'm used to being you know back in the day top dog a lot of these things but now I'm certainly you know, I'm failing a lot of the time I'm <laughs> I, I'm getting my butt whipped you know a lot of the time by who are obviously much younger than me because their reactions blame the really broadband good. speed well, yeah, I mean, you know what, I was reading a thing today, actually, because it's cross-platform now, they were saying there's a lot of cheats happening through PC gamers, because they can uh, do all these, like, um, aim assists and all this kind of stuff uh, through, through the PC platform, so there are people actually turning off the cross-platform element of it now, because there's so many cheaters, apparently, out there, which... I, I can't believe, you know, so, well, that's incredible. People will do anything to, uh, you know, I don't see any fun in that. I think it should be you. He says skill. as he sets up his new PC, ready yeah. to go and get back to the top of the charts again. <laughs> well, you know, what? I did I did actually get back into PC gaming a few years ago, uh, and I was playing um, various things like Counter-Strike and all that, And but it got to the point where I just wasn't comfortable. I just wasn't comfortable yeah. hunched in front of my screen, you know, so sitting on the sofa with a games console, it is so much more comfortable, but... Funny enough, I am now back at my desk gaming on my gaming widescreen gaming monitor because um, I get kicked out of the front room otherwise, you know, by the kids who want to watch stuff. But, you know, it, it, it is, um, I still enjoy games a lot. I mean, you're talking about old games. I've just bought myself, or probably last year now, I, I couldn't find my own version of it, which is probably somewhere in the loft, but I got an Atari 2600 Woody, which is one of the ones that I grew up on. So back in the early 80s, when the Atari 2600 was launched, you know, it looks like it's made like a wooden cabinet. You probably know the one I mean, Dave, don't you? you got the oh, I do. Oh, yeah. So it's great. And I got it out with an 80s party. And you know what? I thought, oh, this is great. And But I was bored in like 10 minutes. The yeah. games are so repetitive, right? Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I was playing Red Dead Redemption uh, 2 a while back, and you could, you could immerse your life in that. You could spend forever playing that game doing missions and same with grand theft auto there is no end to those games um in effect right and that's kind of sad oh there is that's one that i've completed this week (laughs) which one red dead redemption yeah no grand theft auto oh okay yeah yeah but yeah, you're I mean, right. you can do the it online is. missions now, right? Yeah, completely. There's always expansion packs and everything else you can do. It's crazy. Red Dead Redemption is one that I'm putting off buying for exactly that reason because I know I'm going to lose myself in it. But now's the yeah. best time, Dave. Well, yeah, I know, but... <laughs> I'm that devil on your that. shoulder. Make sure you go and buy it. You say that, but the kids are at home. <laughs> and let's face it, Red Dead Redemption is not a game you can play when there's any That's chance the, the kids are going to come and no. see what you're doing. Yeah. No. No, but you know, so when we were kids, we used to play. Dave might remember this. There was a game called Larry in the Leisure Suit Larry. Uh, Larry oh, in the lounge. Don't even. The, the so it was all about the quest to, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> become a man. Let's say it's a family show. But you know, it, we spent hours messing about playing those sort of games, and they were they were great fun. You know, when we had, I had my first 
PC then, I think it was a, a 286 Amstrad or something, you know, I don't think it even ran Windows, I think it was Gem Applications or something called the base of Windows, but we were running those sort of games and uh, they were such good fun, we had a great time playing those and then we got into Duke Nukem and like, you know, all that kind of stuff and I think it's just different today, I mean, it's great fun. They're very different kind of, style of games, yeah, aren't they? There's much more, there are. needs to be a lot more to them to keep people entertained. I suppose, again, yeah. it comes down to, as you said, with just the change in mindset of kids now expect to be entertained and they expect it to reach a certain level. Whereas for us, it was just, it was a bit different just to have a games console and you were playing yeah. something on the TV was, was quite cool. Yeah. I mean, I still remember having a, a Commodore 64 when I was, oh yeah, I, I, I would have been yeah. very small and playing games like Paperboy where it was, it was oh, so yeah. simple, but I spent hours and hours playing that game. And I still remember it now, whereas there's certain games since that just sort of all merged together of, yeah, some of them were good. Yeah. Yeah. The graphics were terrible though, right? I mean, you think, you look at what you got today. I mean, the new Call of Duty, if you played the campaign, oh my God, it's like watching a film part of it, right? And and you think in another three or four years, it it literally will be, you'll be watching, it'll be almost live action. You know, it's scary what they can do now. And, And in some ways it kind of takes that kind of, magic of gaming away because it is too close i think to reality unless you step into you know we're talking ready player one world now you know where you're sort of immersive and you're you're actually there in your haptic suit and everything now that's a different level altogether we'll get there at some point but right now you know i don't know it, it just seems a bit too polished sometimes for me um but, have you have you done much of that sort of you know, the vr gaming and stuff have you i've done a bit it's not i couldn't really i think it's still not at the point where it's that good you know, no, uh, I, I, I still find it it's it's a bit disorientating unless you you've got the whole setup with the fans and stuff to to make you know your body think that you're going at a certain speed or you're moving in certain ways. It's yeah. so easy. A lot of people still start to feel sick as soon as they've played it for a bit too long. Well, yeah, you're taking out the flipping plant pots and stuff on your wherever you're around the house, yeah. and you know, and all that, you're falling. <laughs> it's just I just don't think it, it's it's good enough yet. And I, I know they'll get there one day, but uh, it, it, right now for me, you know, I just think it's probably a bit of a fad and a bit of a waste of time. And you know, I remember doing, I remember going to the Idaho Home Exhibition back in the eighties, and they had this virtual reality machine back then that I went on, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It's all these little blocky graphics, all like the MTV video, you know, with uh, Dire Straits. It was terrible, right? But it was just the fact that you're immersed in this kind of, you know, world, you know, virtual world. But, yeah, it's quite impressive, some of the things they do, but it's just not at the point where you're, you know, Ready Player One-style haptic suits running around like you're actually there and you can Mm -hmm. smell and touch and all that. That that will come one day, and that, that for me, is when it'll be interesting, right? when you can explore the world from the comfort of your living room when I'm too old to, to go out and bungee jump yeah, in New it makes, Zealand. And, it yeah. makes lockdown feel a lot easier because you're actually out and about yeah. still. A- a- absolutely. But, you know, that, and that, that I think is what will help, especially as you get older, you know, technology can help you maybe enhance your life if it does get to the point where you can literally step into a virtual reality world and experience these things that, you know, you're... <laughs> your decrepit old body wouldn't be able to take in real life. You know, like, yeah, bungee jumping in a in a ravine off in New Zealand or whitewater rafting somewhere or, you know, or skydiving or and you'd be able to get that sensation but, you know, from the comfort of your own home. You know, but that that would be amazing, you know, one day. So our our topic was what hobby would we advise our listeners to take up during the lockdown? So we have spent a long time talking about gaming there. Um, but I mean the three choices for me would be the the gaming, it would be the the model painting and ham radio. 
So what what do you think out of them? Because I straight away, I think I would back out of my own idea just from what I said earlier. I think actually physically doing something, and I think the same applies for, for the ham radio as it does with, with the model painting, is that you're, you're physically keeping your mind active and doing something different. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think I would probably, I mean, I, that would be what would probably interest me most because it's something I know least about would be the ham yeah. radio. And you can yeah. tinker too, right? You're not only are you, are you talking over the radio, but actually people are building rigs and messing up antennas, and you know, uh, it's it's a hobby that you know is actually quite technical. You know, so actually when you do like your intermediate license, you actually start building radios with electronic components and stuff. So you can get into all of that. I mean, I've just picked up my pie, Raspberry Pis and stuff again recently. You know, um, connected to that, and you can build. Uh, amazing things with raspberry Pis, right and arduinos and actually there are some things you can do with with software defined radio you can hook them up to different things uh, like an sdr play box and you can tinker with stuff without a license and listen to stuff but so uh, you you could study for your license while you're sitting at home and then go off and do it when, you, when all this is over and then get into radio but uh, yeah radio is fun it's a fun hobby i think the interesting thing for me is that you've got like you said there's a lot of people now who have this has been their hobby their entire lives and they're now at that sort of retired point and for me you don't want to allow that to die out I think it's right now if you've got people who are starting to take those sorts of hobbies up they've still got that fountain of knowledge there that they can sort of tap into whereas I think in in another potentially even 20 or 30 years time it's just not going to exist and that's when you've got the the problem that potentially the the whole hobby can die out so i think it's important to try and and keep it alive i agree i think it's, it's not an expensive hobby to out. get into i'm guessing either pete no i said earlier you can buy a handheld you know for 20 quid you know uh off of um just amazon you know so i've got these yeah. power radios they're chinese radios uh they they work they're great you know they're a bit cheap and cheaper but they do the job uh I've got a couple of other radios at about 60 quid, you know, but you can spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds on handheld radios and thousands of thousands of pounds on, uh, you know, big bits of kit for getting into the HF world where you've got antennas on your house that are probably, you know, <laughs> well, huge, but it's probably as big as your house in some cases, they're on big masts, but uh, I wouldn't be able to get away with that um, <laughs> for, from my perspective. So I, I've just got little antennas up uh, and then use my handhelds. But uh, at some point I'll, I'll, sort the shed out of the garden and I'll try and get a bit of a radio shack going on but uh, <laughs> yeah you know it's you gotta say it's it's more than just talking on the radio you get to tinker and build things and you know it, it, it's quite good fun especially if you're if you're technically minded and you like doing that kind of thing definitely well then I think if, if people can be as passionate about it as you can Pete then it's definitely <laughs> worth being the winner of of that one for <laughs> me <laughs> So, it's time to move on to the final part of the podcast now, which I'm sure some of you may be relieved to hear. (laughs) It's time to put forward our nominations for Geek of the Week. So, Dave, why don't you kick us off? Um, I'm going to nominate someone who's actually a a TV personality. If any of you have got kids and you're trying to keep them occupied and entertained at home, the, the amount of things that people are doing on the internet to educate your kids at home is just immense and that's one of the most impressive things about what's going on is is people's imagination and creativity there's a lady called maddie moat and if you've got youngish kids who watch cbb's you might have seen a program called do you know which is like how it's made the, the program on discovery but for kids and she goes through how things work how things are made how they function 
in a really entertaining way and and my kids have always watched her on on tv she's now stuck at home same as everybody her other half is also a science and technology presenter so they've started doing a half an hour science show at 11 o'clock every morning and they're the pair of them together they just they work brilliantly they're just really enthusiastic they are exciting the kids about science so last week apparently which we missed was garden week but all the videos are there for you to go back and look at this week is all about the body so it's all about staying healthy um, and not just healthy from a physical point of view um, from a, a mental point of view from your mental well-being absolutely brilliant half an hour little quizzes little competitions nothing that you you know you're going to get a prize for but but they're just they're interacting they're providing services and um and just they're so engaging so my geek of the week is maddie moat so for me a similar thing actually so my mate jude pullin uh we've done a few things with uh, oh, we know jude. so you know jude so so jude recently has been on um a couple of tv shows on the bbc he was doing the big life fix and then most recently he was on with David Jason on, on Channel 4 doing the uh, the Great British Inventions, which was, was just a great show. And uh, Jude has just got himself, uh, he's put together a YouTube channel himself called Cardboard Kids. Right, so bored being, you know, as in kids bored or being bored, obviously. So what he's done is basically, Jude's a fantastic artist and, and maker and creator. So he's basically showing you how, while you're all stuck at home, how you can make amazing things out of just rubbish you find around the house and he's got uh, some amazing skills where he shows you how to actually cut cardboard and bend and shape and all these cool things and projects like building dinosaurs and um, all sorts of stuff. So he has got a great channel. So you should go and check that out. And uh, there's some great things on there. It will keep the kids entertained and say most of the things that he's got in there, he uses, you'll just have lying around the house. So uh, yeah, so for me, that's uh, a shout out for Jude and Jude Pullin, Cardboard Kids, and you can find him on YouTube. And also, if you Google him, I think you'll find his website, which will also take you through to the, to the channel as well. So, yeah, that's uh, my nomination, Jude Pulling. Great. So, last but not least, mine is somebody called Phil Cotton. Um, he was the founder of a company called Learn by Layers up in Greater Manchester. Um, and, I mean, there's been a lot of stories like this, but this was just one of the particular ones that I'd seen. Um, he's been trying to mobilize the, the local maker community to help during the coronavirus um, crisis. So what they've done is they've they've found the open source um, design of a visor that's been made available um, through Prusa. Um, and they've they've created a version of that. He went and talked to the the local doctor's surgery um, to him and asked what, what was it they needed, um, how asked how they could help. Um, and he managed to mobilise hundreds of people around Manchester to produce um, hundreds of visors to go into different hospitals, um, doctor surgeries, um, and to make sure that the, the NHS frontline staff had the, the protective wear that they needed. Um, obviously, all of this has to happen very quickly. Um, they're not all able to meet things like CE marking, for example, but the the doctors that they had spoken to had all said we're better off to have something yeah. than nothing um, and they managed to do that really yes. quickly and um, this has now led to a, a national movement since then um, there's there's a couple of really big companies um, and actually there's there's an article on designspark.com that you can you can read about this as well um, but there's now a bigger movement to try and, and replicate this and scale this up across the entire country um, and also similar things going on in, in other countries as well around Europe and further afield. Um, but yeah, I just thought in a, in a time where 
there's so much uncertainty and worry um, and people are, are in their houses and, and not necessarily always able to, to do a lot. It was really nice to see the maker community still able to come together um, and people who had 3D printers being able to make use of them to help with the greater good. Um, and it just seems to have snowballed from that. So, yeah, that would be my nomination. Very cool. So, who are we nominating then for the uh, the Geek of the Week, Robbie? What? Who is the, the first who ever the winner first of the Geek winner? of the Week? Uh, Robbie, I think it's got to be uh, Mr. Cotton. Yeah, I think I'd agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd agree. Amazing what he's doing. And I, I mean, I, I definitely think it's it's great the the work that Jude and Maddie are doing um, and a lot of others as well it's just fantastic to see everybody's doing their bit and I think that's the key thing with all of this I think any of them could quite easily have won it um, but it is all about people going that extra mile um, and actually making life a little bit easier for everybody I right agree. now um, and I think it's it's just so good to see that community spirit I mean even to the point of I'm sure both of you will, will have had Joe Wicks yes. in your house oh, yeah. at some point with the the PE sessions for, My the, for the country. But yeah, I mean, just initiatives like that, they've all really helped. And I think it's helping to make life feel a bit more normal and anything that, that can help with that, I think has got to be applauded. So yeah, our first ever geek of the week um, goes to Phil Cotton. Um, but obviously, obviously a, a huge well done and congratulations to everybody who's, who's helping to make life easier at this yeah. time. Okay, so there we go. We've come to the end of our first ever episode. Um, what I'd like to do is just encourage everybody to please subscribe. And if you've enjoyed listening to our ramblings, then feel free to share it with your family and friends, especially right now because we know that they're, they're inside and they've got nothing else to do. <laughs> um, so, you know, please feel free to do that. Also, if you've got any questions for us and you'd like to get in touch, then please head to designspark.com forward slash podcasts and you'll find a form there where you can submit questions to us and we'll try to answer any of them that we can in, in future episodes. Um, and just on what I was talking about earlier with, with Phil Cotton, um, so also just a, a call out to anybody who has a 3D printer that happens to be listening to this. Um, we would definitely like to urge you to, to register to assist the NHS um, one of the websites that we've been working with is the National 3D Printing Society. Um, so if you go onto their website, you will find a host of information of how you can help if you have got a 3D printer um, going forward. Great, so thanks for your time, guys. Thank you very much. Nice. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And we'll Until speak again soon. See everyone soon.